Hello, everybody, and welcome to Book O'Clock, where we clock in with a new book to give it an honest review. This podcast is available on Spotify, Amazon, and Apple Music. I will be breaking this review into four parts. One, the book title, author, synopsis, and tags I'd use to classify it. Two, my spoiler-free general review of the book as a whole. Three, my spoiler warning with my tells, feels, and everything during the book, including mild spoilers to my favorite or least favorite parts. And then finally, four, my overall rating of the book out of ten. So, let's get those pages turning, and we're going to be finishing off the Folk of the Air series with book number three, The Queen of Nothing, by Holly Black. He will be the destruction of the crown and the ruination of the throne. Power is much easier to acquire than it is to hold on to. Jude learned this lesson when she released her control over to the wicked king, Cardin, in exchange for immeasurable power. Now, as the exiled mortal queen of fairy, Jude is powerless and left reeling from Cardin's betrayal. She bides her time, determined to reclaim everything he took from her. Opportunity arrives in the form of her twin sister, Terran, whose life is in peril. Jude must risk venturing back into the treacherous fairy court and confronting her lingering feelings for Cardin if she wishes to save her sister. But Elfheim is not as she left it. War is brewing, and when a powerful curse is unleashed, panic spreads through the land, and Jude is forced to choose between her ambition and her humanity. Tags I would use to describe this book would be fantasy, enemies to lovers. Now I'm going to emphasize that one because this one actually truly has that enemies to lovers feel you've been waiting for. Still very political, has a lot of action, and there is a war in this book. It's a very intense read. This one is my favorite of the trilogy. I really liked The Queen of Nothing. It had really good development. Um, each character, so in particular, let's start with Jude, strong female main character, same character that's been throughout the trilogy. She's still strong. She's still smart. She still develops well. She always finds ways to make herself useful. She always finds ways out of things, into things, creating cool scenarios, bad scenarios. She's always been interesting. Cardin doesn't show up at the beginning, but will come into play about a third of the way into the book, I think, if I can remember correctly. And you start to see development between him, more people talking about him. There's more character development between her stepmother, her younger brother, her older sister, her twin sister. There's a lot of plot twists with murder, killing husbands, killing ones that you love, finding out who betrayed who why people betrayed who, kidnappings, prisons. There's a lot, a lot of development in this book. You learn about the curse. So the back of the book synopsis states, he will be the destruction of the crown and the ruination of the throne. That is a prophecy that's told way before anyone comes into power. And they explain who that's about, why it's about, what comes about, and it unravels beautifully. Again, this book has a lot of politics, so you're dealing with warring nations of the high court, the court of the sea, and then Jude's stepfather, who still wants to be general and take over the court, and so he aligns himself with a 
northern nation and tries to go to war and bring ruination to Cardin. Cardin is still in charge and it's got good development for everybody. Everyone that I thought I didn't like in book two after some betrayals I start to get feelings for again in book three. It really rounds out everybody's character as you move on and you meet new characters that you fall for. It's just, it's a good book. I, I liked the pacing of this one. It adds a lot of tension. There's more magical elements. There's, I'd say, more plot twists in this one and more surprises and more intense scenarios in this one than there was in any of the other three with people getting injured, the way that they heal, the curse coming into effect, the way the curse is broken, everything of that nature. The Banishment of the Queen of Elfheim. Very cool. I liked this book. As a whole, the best one in the trilogy. But we're going to get into why now with my spoiler warning. From here on out, I will be reflecting on my feelings during this book. This may contain spoilers. If you would like to read this book for yourself, you may clock out now. Check out my other reviews and recommend more books for me. This book starts with her back in mortal world. She's developing a job. She's trying to find ways to pay for herself because all she does is know how to kill. So she kills bad people of fairy descent and magical world because that's all she knows really well. She ends up having to go back into fairy because her sister shows up saying that she killed her husband Locke. And it's a sudden plot twist because you come in and you're like, oh, he was murdered. And then she's like, oh, well, I killed him. And it's a shock because Karen always seemed like the type of person to never kill. She was not that kind of girl. And when you get that out of her, you're like, oh, this is going to be good. And so with Jude having to go back into Barry and her plans immediately falling apart and her getting captured and then stabbed her running into the person who betrayed her in book two, the way she heals because she's pretty much about to die, and the fact that the uh, land chooses her because she is the sworn queen of Elfheim. So there's a stating when his blood spills, flowers bloom, and as she's laying on the ground bleeding, flowers start to bloom around her because the earth starts to heal her and they pack her wound full of dirt she asks them to she's like trust me i think this will work and the earth actually heals her because they're like uh, and everyone all of her friends around her are like oh shit she is the true queen of elfheim because she's sworn in and the land is choosing her the intensity of this book is great there is actual development between enemies to lovers her and cardin have really good dialogue they develop true love for each other there's a sex scene there's kissing scenes he admits to the entire realm that she's the queen of elfheim because they never admitted it in book two and when she's trying to save him at some point she falls from the ce oh that scene when she is trying when she's climbing around the top of the ceiling of the high court looking for an assassin and she falls from the ceiling and crashes into a table and she's like dying or blacking out passing out whatever 
And everyone's rushing because they're like, kill her. She was trying to kill the king. And Cardin goes, don't touch her. She's my wife, the rightful high queen of Elfheim, and definitely not an exile. It was so powerful. I had been waiting for her to be taken out of exile for so long because she was so stupid in book two, where he exiles her and says, by the power of the crown to enter to egg the power of the crown can take away your exile and that's the only way you can be unexiled which her stupidity didn't realize that as she's the queen of elfheim she could have unexiled herself and he reveals that to her when she wakes up and how much he missed her and wanted her back i exiled jude dart dwart to the mortal world until the if I could read. I exiled Jude Dwart to the mortal world until and unless she is pardoned by the crown. Pardoned by the crown, he pauses, meaning the king of fairy or its queen. You could have returned any time you wanted. Oh. Oh. It wasn't an accident. His choice of words. It wasn't infectious. It was deliberate. A riddle made just for me. She... Listened to him exile her, and then she didn't unexile herself, and she just went to the mortal world, and he missed her. And uh, when he admits that he missed her and wanted her back, and he was like, I was just trying to play your game. I was trying to outsmart you. And she was like, oh, I'm an idiot. And she starts blushing. She's like, oh, no, he actually likes me and I actually like him. And I was never I never meant to be mad at him because he didn't do anything wrong. He was just passing the rules of Elfheim so that everybody would trust him as the real king. And I didn't listen. It was cute. It was a cool development. And they start to show like before the sex scene, start to show attraction to each other where she gets really hurt and she's having her bandages changed and the person changing her bandages says turns to card and says you should go and he goes this is my room and that's my wife and the person changing her bandages says so you keep telling everyone but i'm going to take out her stitches and i don't think you want to watch that and jude says oh i don't know maybe he'd like to hear me scream and Cardin turns standing i would and perhaps one day I will. Excuse me. That's hot. There's real romance building in this book. So if you wanted the enemies to lovers, you would have to go right to book three. But you didn't want to miss one and two of them developing their relationship because they truly develop a passionate relationship to each other over all of drama and hell and war and things that they go through. And I enjoy it. I enjoy the way that their relationship builds, but I don't think that this series should be broadcasted as an, en I mean, it is an enemies to lovers series, but each book should be classified as something different because I, again, would not say book one is. I'd say book one is a prequel. Book two is lightly and book three has it. Book three, he admits he loves her. It's you that I love. I spent much of my life guarding my heart. I guarded it so well I could behave as though I didn't have one at all. But every now 
It is a shabby, worm-eaten, scabrous thing, but it is yours. And then he leaves the room after he tells her he loves her. It was a good book. I... I liked this one a lot. The... The development of the curse, the breaking of the crown, becoming the true, true king of Elfheim, the one that's chosen instead of passed down just by generation, was really cool. The way she had to sacrifice the one she loved in order to get the crown back, to save Cardin. The ending was really heartwarming. They become king and queen. Everybody knows who they are. They visit the mortal world together. It's really sweet. It's really kind. And I... I like it. I like the way that it ends with their romance because I'm a romance girl. I'm a romance smut. Lover. This one was definitely my favorite of the series. It's a good series overall. I have nothing wrong with it, but... I loved I loved the series. I really, really did. But Queen of Nothing was my favorite book of the series. Really cool development, and it was a really fun read to get through all three books. If you like these books or don't like these books, let me know down in the comments below. Uh, my rating, I guess, of the third and final book would be a 7.5 out of 10. Highest of all of them. Really liked it. Good read overall. Fun book. Definitely check it out if you haven't. And uh, recommend some other books for me. And I'll see you in the next review. But for now, I'm clocking out. Bye!